The Work in Sports podcast is brought to you by Empowered. This is the most important election of our time. And let's be honest, voting during a pandemic is a little confusing right now. There is so much misinformation out there aimed towards making you believe your vote doesn't matter. Well, guess what? Your vote does matter. Voting is the most important responsibility of citizens. Do not give up that power or that right. Get engaged, informed, and ready to vote with Empowered, E-M-P-O-W-R-D. One app that will give you everything you need to be an empowered voter. You know who is engaged, informed, and ready to vote with Empowered? Some of these stars of the sports world, Trey Flowers, Detroit Lions, Whitney Merciless and Justin Reed from the Houston Texans, Afrini Simmons from the Portland Trailblazers. All of these top athletes are out there supporting this great app that will make it easier for you to get all the information you need to vote. Download the app today at empowered.com, E-M-P-O-W-R-D. One more time, E-M-P-O-W-R-D.com. Get the app, get ready to vote. Welcome to the Work in Sports Podcast Moving Forward, a four-part series airing throughout the month of October. I'm your host, Brian Clapp. One of the best ways to begin a career in the sports industry is through minor league baseball. It is the ultimate platform to do a little bit of everything and gain invaluable experience. In 2016, minor league baseball launched the FIELD program, which stands for Fostering Inclusion Through Education and Leadership Development. It's a landmark program designed to provide opportunity to sports career-minded individuals from diverse backgrounds. This is a wonderful program. We need more like it. Alumni of the program point to it as the major launching point of their career, and it has clearly added to the diversity amongst minor league baseball organizations. But this past June, just days after George Floyd was murdered by police officers in Minnesota, minor league baseball was noticeably silent. As other leagues, teams, athletes, and organizations condemned the actions and called for change, minor league baseball said nothing for days. The silence, as they say, was deafening and didn't go unnoticed by those who had been part of the most recent field program cohort. The group banded together and released a joint statement professing their profound disappointment in minor league baseball and their belief in the need for progress in social justice and equity, while acknowledging the positive role sports can play in changing the world. These members of that cohort stood out to me. In the coming weeks, we will be joined by members of that cohort, young, diverse people sharing their voice and thoughts as we watch the sports world continue to grapple with its role in social change. In part one, we'll be focusing in on using your voice to force change with Jalen Mitchell and Gerald Taylor. Thank you guys for joining me today for this discussion. Jalen, why don't you start off and just tell us a little bit about yourself before we really dive into things. Okay, perfect. Yeah, so my name is Jalen Mitchell. I'm a junior at Howard University from Northtown, Pennsylvania, studying sport management and business administration. And I hope to go into the business side of sports, looking at marketing or business development uh, once I graduate uh, from college in a couple of years. Okay, Gerald, give us your little background. 
Um, so my name is Gerald Taylor. I'm current a graduate from Virginia State Sports Management uh, Master's Program. Um, and my last opportunity was with NASCAR Diversity Program, um, and I was doing diversity marketing. So let's jump into things a little bit here. Jalen, we'll start out with you. As young people in the sports industry, how was it that you guys and your group felt strong enough and empowered enough to speak out in this instance as you did as part of the field group? A lot of people have trouble using their voice. You guys did it so well. Where did that power come from? Um, yeah, so I think, first of all, the power came from, you know, unity as a group. Um, so our 2019 field class is really strong together. We speak with one another and we feel like we communicate and work well together as a group. And, you know, when you feel like in your family that you have a voice, that you have people that are listening to that value your opinions and things like that, it really helps give you more confidence and courage to speak out. Nobody shut anybody down. We said there was an issue that we identified. And then when we said there was an issue, instead of being afraid or holding people back from their opinions and what to speak and things to say on that issue, we all kind of felt like as a collective, we encourage each other to speak up. We all contributed to um, the letter that we wrote that we wanted to put out to minor league baseball. Um, everybody kind of used their voice and added their own personal flair to it. So I think that was one big thing. Um, and whatever, you know, company or school or wherever you're at, when you really feel like in your smaller collective group, when you feel heard, it kind of gives you more confidence, even as a younger person. I'm a college student. I never had any type of professional job yet. I'm only 20. So you even feel like in that type of situation that you can speak out and that you're really valued. So I think that was like the biggest thing when thinking about um, why we had that courage and that ability to speak out is because in our group of 20-some people, we all really empower each other to be the best that we can be, you know? Gerald, what was the response like? I mean, I imagine for something like this, you had to have some nerves. You had to have some worry about what this is going to mean for me moving forward. What were you expecting when you released it? But then also, what actually happened? Um, so I would say we really didn't have any any fear. Um, and that kind of goes back to what Jalen said. We wrote up the statement and everything was just this is what we're doing. This is why we're doing it. And we're sticking to it uh, no matter what people say. Um, and we released a statement and everybody just felt strength, courage, power, um, leadership. And, and all those things kind of attribulate through every person that we have in our group. Um, and then what really happened after that, um, it was cool. We had a lot of people reach out to us and try to set up little meetings and stuff to talk with us, Zoom chats and, and things of that nature to basically talk and get our viewpoints on how can minor league baseball change. Um, and then we also had some conversations with people who, who kind of didn't like our statement um, and felt like that we could have came to them first before we released our statement. Um, but in that moment, we just felt like that needed to be said. Nobody else said it. So we said it and, and we took pride in that. So I, th I keep thinking about, um, you know, in my era, athletes like, Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, Mia Hamm, Larry Bird, whoever it was, none of them really used their voice to be political. They didn't talk about race. They didn't talk about gender equality. They didn't, they didn't talk about those things. And the fact that athletes are doing that more now and the fact that young people are doing that more, is that in your mind 
a little bit of a product of having a platform to speak because back when I was coming up, we didn't have social media. We didn't have a way to get our messages out there. Is that one of those powerful tools right now, Jalen, that you think allows you to be able to reach a large audience? Um, yeah, I think it's definitely something that gives people courage and ability to speak. Um, thinking of athletes, especially, uh, if you don't need a middleman, you don't have your press PR team, whatever, putting out everything that's or coming in between everything that you're saying to fans and media. One, it gives you a lot more of that power and control over your own voice, your own personal brand. And to see how athletes like LeBron James, and even younger athletes like LaMelo Ball and people like that are able to leverage that use of social media. The people who aren't those top-level athletes are those most known people in the world. It gives us all a lot of confidence um, and courage to really use social media to speak out. So I think it's really one of the most powerful tools that we have today, something that um, no matter who you are, you can have a following. And even if you're not going to have the impact where 50,000 people will see what you say, you know it can still affect um, one set of eyes can still affect somebody's life. So I definitely think uh, whether you're talking athletes or you're talking people that are working in the sports industry to wherever you're going to go, um, it's definitely a really helpful tool. It definitely, like you said, um, when you're talking to jail, it can be a little bit, you know, scary too because you want to be conscious about what you're putting out there. Once you put it on the internet, once you put it on social media, it's there. So it's definitely um, a fear factor, but it's been really encouraging to see in my whole life, um, so many people that use it positively and to bring change. And I think that's something that's just going to go forward as we continue to grow and develop uh, new ways, you know, to reach uh, to reach consumers, to reach fans, to reach just general audiences and populations. It seems as though the athletes themselves and teams and leagues and brands are are doing even more than just using their voice now. Too, there's a display. You know, there's 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 not only talk about Black Lives Matter, there's not only talk about women's uh, equality and pay, they're wearing t-shirts before games. They're displaying it at home plate. They're doing things. They're taking action. When we think about the most recent events and the WNBA and the NBA striking and not playing games, did you feel like that was in a, Gerald, did you feel like that was a really effective maneuver. What do you think of that actual action that they were taking? So with the NBA and WNBA, um, I felt like that was a great stand for them personally, simply because they are, I would say, the leading candidate in diversity and inclusion and equality and making sure that people of color is being displayed in higher positions within their league and their organizations. Um, so them just representing their self, just showing their true colors. Um, but the thing that kind of struck me the most after their stance that kind of took place with the other teams um, and some of those thoughts into my head of, are they doing it genuinely? Is it really because they want to show that Black Lives Matter? Is it really because they want to dig down in this topic and kind of discover ways to add that black representation within their organizations? Or are they just doing it because they know that the NBA is getting feedback from it or the WNBA is getting feedback from it? Um, so that was kind of one of the things that struck my attention besides the NBA and the WNBA. Um, but other than that, I mean, I, I applaud them, um, and, and that's kind of a place that I could see myself in the future working for. 
simply because they just they they don't care about the outside viewpoint. They're willing to put their foot down and show that we're here for representation, we're here for support, and and let's make the best of it. Jalen, what do you think? Yeah, I just wanted to hop in and say, yeah, I also think of something that was really, you know, a great stance to see and something that was really inspiring. Um, I think this year people are really understanding in sports when you look at it, for the major sports, most of these players or a lot of them are African-American. Like nothing happens in the NBA without black men. Nothing happens in the WNBA without black women. So it's it's important to understand and teach us as a community that we have to take ownership and, you know, our value, like the black dollar is something that's really important in the world's economy and America's economy. And I think people have shied away so much from taking that kind of stance in the past. I think I wish they kind of went, took it to another level. Um, back when Kyrie Irving was talking about, don't even go into the bubble. That was something I, I, that kind of resonated with me. I was like, yeah, I want to see them play basketball or anything like that. But really telling people that, yes, we love that you're saying Black Lives Matter. We love that there's so much awareness, so much posting, all these other things like that. But until you really take a hit to your pocket to understand how much power that people hold, that Black people hold financially, um, then people aren't really going to start to, start to understand uh, the issues, start to really not just talk the talk, but they're actually going to start walking the walk. So I think it was something that was really encouraging and inspiring, but I could see it going to an even, even deeper level of just the power that the, these athletes have today. Yeah, it's so true. I think you make a really good point there about following the money because that does talk. Uh, yeah. Gerald, do you think they should have held out longer or do you think their stance for one game was enough? Um, so I'm a, I'm a big LeBron fan. Um, I'm going to go with LeBron on this one. Uh, I think they should have took it a little deeper, uh, even though they had, in that short amount of time, they had the the situations get put into play where they using the stadiums for voting and, and other things of that uh, initiative, stuff like that. But at the same time, a one-day event, uh, just taking that little step away was was great. It was a great move. Um, but just imagine how much you got conquered in that in that one little segment. Now take that two three weeks deep and think about how much more you could have gained and how much more power you could have used. Um, so, like I said, I, I'm with LeBron. I, I wish they would have done a little bit more. Um, but the fact that they did push and, and uh, basically a got a lot of success out of what they had so far um, was, was greatly appreciated. The Work in Sports podcast moving forward is brought to you by Extraordinary Athlete. And I am lucky enough to be joined right now by the founder of Extraordinary Athlete, Xavier Scruggs. Xavier, how are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. And so tell us a little bit about Extraordinary Athlete. Yeah, Extraordinary Athletes was something I founded back last December. And basically it was an opportunity for me to give back to the youth. Everything that I learned came from a mentor, came from a family member, a relative, whatever it may be. And I want to offer those same things back to the youth, whether it be learning about leadership, goal setting, routine. Those are the things that are really important for athletes to learn, not just inside the game, but outside the game. And we're doing that through camps, doing doing that through an environment at a facility, doing that through virtually, 
all those things are happening and we're just excited about it. You've played in Major League Baseball with the Cardinals and the Marlins, which is awesome. Congratulations. Uh, you've been around a lot of trainers. You've been around a lot of skills camps over the years. What, what makes Extraordinary Athlete different? Yeah, the thing that makes Extraordinary Athletes different is allowing the players and the athletes to understand that they have an influence. And that's the biggest goal for me is to help them understand the influence that they can use today. Um, so many, so many times we call ourselves influencers, but are we influencing people in a positive manner? That's what I strive to do with Extraordinary Athletes. And that is the main focus and the goal. How can somebody learn more about Extraordinary Athlete and get involved? Yeah, they can head to xoathletes.com and there's multiple ways of contacting me. We can start off with the Zoom. Um, we can start off with a call. There's Extraordinary Athletes Virtual, which is an opportunity for young athletes to connect with me virtually and athletes in my whole network. So it's not just me, it's multiple athletes, multiple people in the industry, allowing um, our help, lending our hand to these young athletes. So Jalen, is it enough at this point to use their voice to at times like these to have a voice and to say that everybody's mad and to say what would they want and say what we all want collectively or do, does it need to be very specific? Do we need to start talking about hiring practices? Do we need to start talking about executive positions? Do we need to start talking about equitable pay on a higher level rather than just reacting in a moment when tragedy happens? Yeah, I think um, these conversations need to be continued. We're seeing that stuff like with police brutality and the killing of black men and women happens every single day. I think I saw at least two or three things in the news just this week. So it's not like those conversations are going to go anywhere. But yeah, it needs to be brought to so many different levels. I think my aspiration in sports is to really help the um the disproportionate representation of consumers versus who's actually taking, making, uh, benefiting from the industry. And that has to do so much with hiring practices. That has to do so much with the sponsors and working with black businesses and things like that, because it's uh, so many places where your influence comes from black culture. Things are so important in the black community, but there's no, or there's a small amount of money actually being poured into the black community. So these are conversations that need to be taken further. And in my, in my opinion, it's one thing that I think is great to post that you're uh, want to be part of the black lives matter movement. I think it's great to go to marches and protests and things like that, but everybody has a different role in bringing progress. So not everybody's role is being on the front lines, but what's really important is, to understand for you as an individual, wherever you are, whether you're a hiring manager, whether you are somebody that's in partners, uh, partnerships or sponsorships for your team, whether you are a professional athlete, whatever you have, like that stage that you have, you need to use it to help uh, uplift others. So help to uh, help bring the advancement of the African-American, African-American community, help to raise the pay um, and that make more equitable play between men and women. Because you had that platform and just thinking it needs to be either the people on the streets or, or the owner of the business that's going to do it is something that's a really terrible misconception because every step of the way you can make change. So I think that's the conversation that needs to be ongoing and 
to really truly be an ally, to really truly be somebody that's part of the movement, that needs to be something that's on your heart and mind and that you're actually taking action to do. Um, just, just pause for a quick second to say I'm really happy we're having this conversation. Uh, Gerald, we're talking about hiring practices. We're talking about equitable situations. We're talking about executive level leadership positions. The Washington football team recently hired Jason Wright. They hired him to be their team president. How do you feel about this transaction when you hear it? Um, I honestly think it was a great move, um, especially with everything that's going on. So you think about all the things that they have in play and, and partners that they, they work with and, and have naming rights and stuff like that with, um, even to the new stuff, majority of the people who, who they partner with and, and work with are, are people of black representation, of the black culture. Um, so to have somebody to come in and to really represent the whole organization is, is, is great. Um, and I feel like that also allows, you think about the D.C. area, how they can really dig down now because they have somebody of a black culture who understands the struggle, who understands how hard it is for a black person to really be successful in today's sports industry or the industry just in general. Um, so to have somebody in that nature be able to go into the inner city of D.C. and talk to kids at school or, or take a trip to Howard and speak to Jalen class. That type of stuff for a black kid shows a lot of it, it allows you to continue to dream. It allows you to continue to see that you can really shoot for the stars. And it's somebody there who holds that position that you might want one day. So it gives you visual representation that I can be something. Yeah, I, I so I so agree with you. Like to to grow up and to see somebody in a position that you can aspire to, that looks like you and acts like you, and and feels the same, a lot of the same things you do, is such a powerful moment. Jalen, what are you thinking about this? Yeah, I was just about to say the same thing. Um, thinking about how uh, you know Chadwick Boseman passed away this this past weekend, and was something I was so like, he was an actor. It's really, and we don't a lot of us didn't know him on a personal level or anything like that. But the reason that he was so impactful in his short time on this earth is because he gave people something that they could aspire to be. You didn't feel like you had to be, you know, represented as a sidekick. You didn't feel like you had to be represented as a criminal or somebody who's coming from a broken family or from a, a position of poverty. And he was a superhero, but just that representation on the biggest stage really just means so much for people. So I just think that's something that is, that's really, really important. It is. You're right. I also think uh, we're at a time of action, right? People are using their voices, they're using their platform and people are taking action. And we're seeing that in the form of the peaceful protests. One of the more, I, I look to these often, like I'm, I'm looking for ways to feel inspired nowadays because it feels like every day you turn on something that the headlines are terrible, right? Um, there's a lot of bad things happening in our world. So you're looking for those little inspirational moments as well. One that did it for me, and I've already told you that I'm a Celtics fan, so I may be a little bit biased, but was seeing Jalen Brown from the Celtics. He went from Boston, drove down to Atlanta for his hometown to be part of the peaceful protest down there because he wanted to be visible and he wanted to be a part of it. What about for you guys, J Jalen, we'll start with you. Has there been any person or organization or thing that stood out and kind of inspired you as part of this story? Uh, Chris Paul, 100%. It's just been so amazing to see his leadership um, from a, you know, a players association standpoint and helping to orchestrate the NBA bubble to be looking out for the best interests 
other players and their families, their communities and the health and their health, while at the same time being able to look out for just black people in general during this whole movement, how he's been able to help orchestrate deals um, where the NBA, like with the voting centers or with uh, donating, uh, I think upwards of $300 million or something like that over the next couple of years to um, support the movement, everything like that. To him, every single game representing a different HBCU um, and representing people that actually uh, the brand was coming from uh, from Howard, the history, legacy, pride, I think is, I believe what it's called, that he was wearing a lot of the different clothes from. So not only representing HBCU, but representing a student-led, Black-owned brand. Um, and doing all that while playing at a high level, and I think they, I was so disappointed they didn't win the other night, too. Like, doing all that while playing at such a high level has been so inspiring to me that he's continued to be such a great professional and then speak Chris Paul didn't go to uh, HBCU. Chris Paul went to... Wake Forest. Uh, yeah, Wake Forest. So he wasn't even part of that culture, but he said that's something that's important to my community, something that I can use my platform to help promote. And it was as simple as wearing, wearing some sneakers or wearing a hoodie and everything like that and to just see, see the volumes that it spoke. So he's definitely been somebody that I, I looked up to my whole life and just seeing uh, the impact that he's had over these last, Five, five or so months has been really great. Gerald, what about you? Has anybody stood out for you? Either an individual, a team, a brand, organization. What's inspired you recently? Um, so I would say myself, and then I would say a player. Um, and the reason why I say myself, simply because um, some of the things that I've been through in my life dealing with diversity and, and being the only one in the room and, and having that voice and, and chance to speak up and say things and then see the reaction sometimes you get. Um, I'll give you one example. Um, being at winter meetings and we were in a in a conference segment and it was six to eight people at my table um, and I was the only black kid there and we were in like a diverse conference and a lot of people was, was asking diverse questions at our tables. Um, and one question was asked and everybody from my table got up and left me at the table. Um, and at that moment, I was just like, I don't know if I can really work in sports simply because they don't value us enough. They don't really understand that we matter just as much as they do. We can have the same viewpoint. We can have the same vision. We can have the same goals. We can achieve the same things that they do on a daily basis. Um, somebody just has to take a chance. And then I look at LeBron a kid from Akron, Ohio, who really didn't have it all together. Um, just growing up as a, as a kid, he didn't he didn't have it all. But then he just channeled all that energy into being the best basketball player that he could ever be. And not only did he become the best basketball player he could ever be, but he's the best basketball player who's done it outside of the court um, in every way possible, giving back to his school, helping his, his friends uh, be successful, helping the whole situation with Goodyear, like, it's nobody that does it better than him. And that's kind of somebody that I would want to talk to one day just to see and, and learn and, and get everything I possibly can from him to help better myself. The Work in Sports podcast moving forward is brought to you by MinoritiesInSports.com. And I am lucky enough to be joined right now by the founder of MinoritiesInSports.com, Shina Wheel. Shina, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me, Brian. 
So Shaina, tell us a little bit about the mission of MinoritiesInSports.com. MinoritiesInSports.com at its core is a community for people of color who work in the sports industry. Our mission has always been to be a safe space, but to also be a place where people can come together, exchange resources, and use that to enhance and advance their careers. How can those people who are listening get more involved with what you're doing at MinoritiesInSports.com? So we have events that are open to everyone. We do a number of career development events. We have a number of happy hours. We actually have one coming up. The 7th of October, we'll actually be partnering with La Liga North America. It's a casual way to just get together, kind of just talk about things that are going on in the industry. have a cocktail, have some fun, and just have an open conversation about what's going on, again, in a safe space with like-minded people. Sounds fantastic. Shina, thanks for telling us more about MinoritiesInSports.com. And anybody listening, go check out the site and learn more. So you you definitely shared, I mean, I, I love what you just shared. Um, you definitely shared some, there's some anger in there too, though. There's some feeling of disappointment for the sports industry and what it represents. And I get that. I do. Uh, I'll say this before we move on. The sports industry needs you guys uh, and and everyone that's connected to this conversation. It, it should be a more diverse industry and it needs to go there. And that's the, end, that's the direction we need to head. And you guys are leading that. It's not going to come from somebody like me. It's going to come from the young people like you. Um, Jalen, one of my favorite quotes uh, is from Nelson Mandela when he said, sports has the power to change the world. And I've always had that as like my thought process of why I'm in this industry is because I could have worked in other things. I could have done other things, but I always have felt like sports could do something special. And Nelson Mandela agrees with that. Do you? Do you still have that view? Uh, yeah, I think, I mean, I echo just what you said. I think that's why I want to be in this industry. It's funny to think about, you know, athletics are entertainment at the end of the day. It's something that seems so, so minor and everything like that, but they are so unique in how they can connect people, how they can raise discussions, how they can make statements and help the world heal and grow. So I really do uh, think that they can change the world. And yeah, the conversations like this, people like, like Gerald, like myself, like everybody from the 2019 field class that are trying to not only use sports as a way um, to, you know, provide for our families, trying not just use it as a way to get entertainment, but as a way to help grow our community, help heal the world is something that is, um, that's really important. It's something that motivates me as I'm here in school to be the best that I can be, to get the most experience and make the biggest impact that I can here. So uh, even from a level right now, I've been starting a project where we're celebrating the history of the Negro League. So we, me and my team, a couple other students, we put together um, an Instagram. We're trying to create some partnerships that not only use the Negro League um, history, we're not only just going to celebrate that, but we're going to use the legacy of the Negro League to uh, promote other things in the Black community because the Negro Leagues are about Black uh, business ownership. The Negro Leagues were about um, investing in our community. They were about empowering us to have the courage to vote and all things like that. So seeing just in our work so far how we've been discussing something that for all my life, I just saw it as, okay, these are something that was an option for black people until Jackie Robinson came along. But to actually see it as, okay, this is something that exemplifies the pride and power of 
black people and it's something that can be celebrated not only from a sports standpoint by putting a pin on our jerseys at an MLB game, but that can be celebrated from a standpoint of being in the streets and protesting because we can be taking ownership from our community from a standpoint of going to the voting booth because this is something that our um, ancestors fought for. So I've been able to see that, uh, you know, at a closer level right now, just the impact that sports can have on the world that they can really, yeah change the world, heal the world, help, help everybody, help us all to grow. Gerald, what about you? Do you still feel confident? Are you, in, are you thinking now that sports still has a powerful way of getting its message across and that can make a change? Are you still feeling that way? Yes, sir. Um, and, and I feel like that simply because if you look at the shut up and dribble situation, uh, yeah. Um, if you take that and, and think about, all the energy, all the attention and everything that it got. And then you think about how they handled their um, this segment where they didn't want to play, right? That just recently happened. So you think about the shut up and dribble. Then you think about this segment where they didn't want to play and they boycotted the games for a day. All right. Now you take that and you look at all the money that the owners, the partners of the owners and everybody else is losing simply because that game is not being played or simply because that the game is not being televised on TV. So now you think about it when it comes to money, money is everything to them. So you hit them where it hurts. And the fact that athletes now are seeing that and understanding that and being able to take a stand and fully believe that I can make a change. I mean, it definitely shows that yeah. they still can make that change. Cause think about it now, the NFL football season coming up. And then you think about the Cowboys situation where their owner doesn't want players to take that knee. Yeah. So if you have three or four players that take a knee, that's going to draw attention because now that's the talk of conversation. Yeah. So now the owners got to talk about that. Now the, the president of the team got to talk about that. The GM got to talk about it. The coaching staff got to talk about it. So it, it just creates a, a talking standpoint where it's need to be said. You know what I hope too? I hope that 10 years from now, people don't forget about why the players didn't play. Like, I hope that they don't think 10 years from now, like, oh yeah, they, they didn't play because of coronavirus or they didn't play because of this. Like, I hope they remember, no, this was because of racism. This was because of systemic racism. That's why they didn't play. Like, don't let that get lost in history because this is an important moment and we need to make sure that this gets remembered and this technique used again if needed. And hopefully it isn't. Hopefully they don't have to strike. Hopefully there's other ways we can start to make change and make pro forward progress, but let's not lose this moment. Uh, We'll finish up with this. Where do you guys in, as individuals kind of go from here? How do you continue to use your voice? You've obviously done it as part of the field program and as part of that cohort, but how important is it for you to continue doing that? Jalen, we'll start with you. What do you, what do you, how do you continue to use your voice and be heard to make change? Yeah. Um, well, like I said, if you guys want to follow that um, initiative for the Negro league celebration, that's at, NLCC 100 on Instagram. So yes, sir. I give a shameless plug for that. Um, but that's just one example that, um, you know, you can, I, I'll continue to use my voice, use my platform, uh, use all of me, everything I have to continue to fight. Um, it's an interesting circumstance being a student. Um, so some, I don't have that, uh, you know, long history of experience, um, everything like that, that I can go into, you know, go into a meeting room and say, okay, these are the demands and this is my resume and this is what I have to put down on the table to show you. But 
at the same time, I still have a voice that I can, can continue to use. So as I continue to grow myself, um, be better at articulating my points of view, be better at um, understanding uh, not only from an emotional standpoint, but from a business standpoint, a technical standpoint, how growing in diversity, growing in how you're interacting with this consumer market is going to actually help grow your profit and how that's actually going to make you more money. Continue to grow myself in all those different ways is one way that I just want to go forward because I can continue to make an impact in the smaller circles. And then I get to the next step and it's a bigger circle. Then I get to the next step and it's a bigger circle. And then soon after that, um, it's not just going to be my friends and the friends of my friends, but it's going to be a whole network of people that are going to be impacted from the things that I'm saying, decisions that I'm making and people that I'm leading. So I think just across the board, if I'm just focused, um, continue to grow myself, get better in myself. And then, also never shy away from any opportunities, um, work with different, I came back to DC, even though Howard's closed, so I could be able to work for different organizations in my community, be able to be at marches and things like that, and be able to be at the front lines of taking back, uh, DC to be the chocolate city, be at the front lines of taking stuff like that back, um, while I'm a student as well, just all different types of ways. I'm trying to continue to be, you know, a leader in this movement, continue to use my voice and use my platform. And I'm, I'm excited for it. It's been, it's been uh, hard, you know, having to be at a young age and see so much suffering, see so much, uh, you know, hardship for my people, for the people in my community. But it's also been inspiring to see all the people who are young, all these young people trying to fight for change. And it's been good to see all these different people of different races saying, okay, no, this is something that we need to start buying into. And I'm just praying, I'm hoping that it continues to grow day by day um, and that 10 years down the line, 20 years down the line, we'll be having those same conversations that we're actually going to make a lasting impact here. Gerald, how do we continue to push for more progress? What do you get? What do you, what's your plan? Um, just taking the opportunities that I have. Um, I'm, I'm, I would say I'm, I'm praying on this one uh, opportunity with Dick Sporting Goods on the corporate side. Uh, it's a diversity and inclusion role. Um, taking that opportunity and, and just taking what I have learned and, and the things I have experienced and bringing that to the table while also being coachable and learning and, and seeing all those viewpoints. And, and then once I get great at that situation, um, giving back to the community, I want to start a nonprofit and go to HBCUs and talk to the student athletes and let them know, hey, look, we have to set ourselves up while we're still in school. Do not wait till senior year to do an internship or get a job. Start sophomore or junior year during the summer. Get that experience under your belt because we're already behind the needle and we need to be ahead of the needle. Um, so in order to do that, we have to start a little bit early. Um, so just doing things like that. And like Jalen said, just continue to grow and, and using our platform and everything, networking, talking with different people, learning. Um, want to thank you for giving us this opportunity just to just to be able to speak our voice and let people hear what we have to say and, and everything about the, the whole document that we put out and, and how important it was and, and what actually happened from it. So, yeah, I. I seriously, I can't thank you guys enough. Uh, it is, it's troubling at times to, I mean, it's troubling all the time, to be honest with you, to, to know you guys made such a profound statement back in June and we're, we're right back where we were in some ways right now. Um, there's change. There's things that are changing. There are things that people are taking action towards and there's people that are 
you know, putting their money and effort and voices behind. So I think there's a, a lot of reason to feel optimism. And for me, someone who's been in the sports industry for a long time, I feel optimism knowing that you two are coming up and being a part of it. So thank you for joining me today. Yes, sir. Yeah, no problem. Thank you to Jalen and Gerald for joining me for part one of our Moving Forward series. In part two, debuting October 14th, we will discuss moving forward with a seat at the table, challenges people of color and women encounter in the sports workplace, and powerful examples of overcoming difficult encounters, and the challenge of enacting change from inside the workplace. Important topics. We'll cover that and more in the coming weeks. Thank you for tuning in. And thank you for being a part of this show.